Welcome to In It Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Thanks for joining us again. Yes, here we are. Welcome back. So what do we got going on today? Well, today we're actually going to talk about parenting through trauma. That's going to be interesting because we've had our own issues. I think we both have different types of trauma. Yep. And that's affected our parenting in different ways. Absolutely. And we could consider that trauma parenting. We did touch on that on a different podcast, right? Trauma parenting. So we're going to kind of go more in depth into what that is, right? And what that is for us. Exactly. And how our own traumas really dictated and paved a path to our own parenting you know and as much as you wanted you you saw yourself as one parent you know sometimes you ended up as another awareness is where we are right now yeah that's the big the key big key right is being aware of you know just breaking that cycle and i think we both in our own ways broke our cycles right because yeah you didn't want to be the mom that you were raised with and i i did the same thing i was you know i didn't have a dad per se my daughter was absent so i had to kind of learn what it is to be a father so but i had my mother to kind of uh, i don't want to say emulate but that that was my f- reference point right? right and and that wasn't a, it was a very poor reference point unfortunately right yeah but that carried over you know so a lot of cause there's no manual to parenting right no, i there wish it was yeah. you know and, 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 you know, I was a young, I was a very young father. So I was, I was my first, had my first at 20 years old. So I was just a kid. So I had absolutely no idea. So there was a lot of mistakes that were made, but. And speaking of that, your oldest just turned 25. Yeah, I that's, know. That's a milestone. Yeah, quarter for, of a century old. <laughs> thanks for just telling everybody my age. Thanks. Hey, I appreciate that. At least that. you don't look your age. I appreciate that. But, all right then, you know. So, so yeah, so yeah, my oldest just turned 25 and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a, a, a it was tough cause she was the guinea pig for all of this. I right. Know. Um, so there's a lot of regrets there, but you know, through it all, I think she turned out well, I'm proud of my, my, my oldest and, uh, so our oldest, our oldest. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, really, she really did. She yeah. turned out. I, and I, you know, she's got enough of me that I thought she was, uh, she'd be okay. <laughs> She is more than okay. She is her own. She's a free spirit. She yeah. always has been. She's always been, you know, very headstrong with anything, you yeah. know, good, bad, well, or indifferent. Exactly. She gets that from me, her hard-headedness. But you know what? For for better or worse, you know, we did trauma. I trauma-parented her, and we trauma-parented her together. So, yeah. unfortunately, she was the guinea pig in all this. Uh, but, you know, we, we learned a lot, and... We can only be better moving forward. And, you know, we still have plenty of chances to be the parents that she needs and not the parents that we thought we should be. I know. And that's what we're going to talk about. So let's 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 get into it. Yeah. All right. So um, let's you want to start. I know I kind of started here, but you want to start with you or do you want me to go? I want you to just keep going. Wow. Okay. Put me on the spot. <laughs> Thanks. You, you so, asked the question. So, yeah. So, you know, in terms of like uh, so. With my trauma parenting, right, mm-hmm. it came from a place of, and, and for our listeners that have been listening to our other podcast, they have a good idea of my background. You know, my mom was a classic narcissist, and, um, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood or an area that wasn't, 
that you know you you had to be strong. You had to. That's what you, it was, right? It was survival. Very much was uh, survival, and you you didn't have the luxury of being weak or being timid or being. Um, you know, there was no coddling because, you know, the, the strong survived and the weak got preyed upon. That's the reality of my world when I was growing up. And my mother, again, she never coddled us, never, you know, was very was a very strong hand. So, you know, she always, you know, felt like she had to be the mom and the dad. And I think she was she overcompensated a lot for that. A lot of it had to do with her own trauma, yeah. right? A lot of it had to do with her own demons, right? Her own depression and her anxiety that I could see now, you know, as I grow older and understand these things, now I can see those parallels within her. And that's how she raised us. Well, she raised me, right? So I think my, bo- my brother got a lot more coddled than I did. Uh, but, you know, being the oldest and being the one that was responsible for certain things i got the brunt end of it right so when i became a parent you know that was that was the only thing i knew you know i didn't know again kid of 20 years old right not to make excuses but i was a little kid i was a kid that had no clue about what it was to be a parent i just knew i wanted to be better you Mm -hmm. know so i failed in a lot of things right and i trauma parented just to rewind a little bit, right? You know, inner city Boston is where I grew up. And the first thing that I that I knew that I did not want is was to have my daughter grow up in the same environment. So I had at least the wherewithal to say, you I got to get out of the city, right? I want my I don't want them to grow up in the same environment that I did. You know, so I had at least even at that very young age, I had that wherewithal to think to say you know this isn't a good environment i don't want my kids to grow up the way i grew up i want them to grow up out of this i want it to make a better life for them you know or for her for my daughter at that point um because my son wasn't wasn't a thought at that point um he came after but i you know i at least i i knew i wanted that right i wanted to get them out of that so we moved out of the city into you know um we moved into Haverhill, which was had its own issues right um but at, it wasn't at the time but it wasn't inner city exactly it was quiet you know for me being a you know inner city kid it was quiet for me it was you know i i remember having the hardest time just adjusting to the silence of where where i where we moved but unfortunately you know even though i took my daughter out of that environment that environment still followed me into you know, to wherever I, I ended up, right? So we ended up there and then we moved. We actually bought a house later on after my son. And, but the city never left me, right? So the, the the that environment that I grew up in. Yeah, you can take the boy out of the city, but not the city out of the boy. Exactly. And that that followed me, right? So that followed me into parenting, you know? So I parented out of that fear, that fear of knowing what was out there, right? Of living that life of of violence and of you know hardship right i i passed that on unwittingly you know because to me it was like i'm just instilling within them that level of you know toughness right that i needed that i needed to survive 
I needed to grow that toughness for me because of where I lived. But my kids didn't. You know, my kids didn't have that life. No. Didn't have those things, right? But for me, I that's the only thing I knew. So I had to instill in them that level of toughness. That, you know, so I was harsh on them. You know, again, I hope that I wasn't as harsh as I was, was my mother was with me, you know, because that was abusive, you know, and I, I can see that at some time, at, at points, I was abusive as well, you know, and, and those are, you know, deep regrets that I have with my older kids and, you know, and to even a certain extent, my younger kids, right, that, you know, that still kind of followed me and that that still is a way that I parented. I can see that now, you know, now, you know, at, at 45, I can look back and say, man, you know, I, they didn't need that. You know, they needed me to be more supportive and they needed to be me, you know, be present in their life. Like, you know, I tried to be, but I parented mostly out of the fear, out of the fear of what I knew was out there and the fear that I needed to prepare them for a life that realistically they would never live. Yeah. That world wasn't their world, you know? Exactly. So, you know, well, there was my failures, my trauma parenting, right? Because I gave them what I thought they needed, which was a representation of where I came from and not where they were. And I think that that's, that's really tough. It's tough to have to kind of sit there and be like, man, you know, inadvertently, without even realizing it, the things that I wanted to protect them from, you know, I, I ended up being that world that I was trying to protect them from. And just to know that it was you, you know, it's it's tough. And it's funny that you it's not funny, but my trauma was completely different than yours. You know, I, I I grew up in a little small town. I walked back and forth here and there. And I mean, I knew all my neighbors and stuff like that. So I didn't have that harsh environment. But I grew up in a home with emotionally inconsistent, unavailable parents, psychological, you know, abuse you know, my father was absent. So I had all these abandonment issues. My mother was an addict. She was in and out. And I was extremely parentified at a very young age. The difference, though, was is that my mom, you know, did kind of show me some love. You know, she was supportive at times and loving and kind and, you know, would rub my head and talk to me and stuff. So I had these little glimpses, but they were so inconsistent that I craved them so much as I grew older. And I told myself, you know, I'm going to be the parent that I'm going to be supportive and I'm not going to do any of this and I'm going to, and then no, I ended up, my trauma made me a helicopter parent. You know, my oldest, <laughs> I didn't allow her to spread her wings. I was, I overloved her. I like gave her so much love. I fought every single battle because to me, I was giving her everything I needed. I needed someone then to kind of step in and be like, hey, I got this for you. You're in a bad situation. Let me help you. Our daughter was not in a bad situation with us. She was in a happy, healthy home. But I still jumped in. I still, you know, made decisions for her. I enabled. You know, I didn't give her the freedom to express herself in a way where she could find herself. I didn't allow her to figure things out on her own. And so without realizing it, I prevented her growth and I trauma parented out of this place of fear of abandonment, of losing her. Like if I don't show her that I love her so much that I'd do anything for her, she's going to leave. And that was my own trauma that I had to deal with. So that's, you know, how my, you know, trauma really interfered with my parenting. Like I coddled. That was my thing. You know, 
I didn't have enough balance between, okay, it's okay to be a disciplinarian, but you don't need to 100% coddle. And that's even transpired with my youngest, you know, where, you know, just within the last couple of years, kind of really realizing that I cannot coddle them. This does not help them. And there's, you know, definitely the balance that I was missing. And so I definitely have some regrets on how I've parented because of my own trauma. Yeah, it's funny because it's we were the complete opposite of each other. And I think that's what saved us. You know, thank God for that. In term, and it's funny because you, you you mentioned this in the in another podcast, the Trauma Bonds podcast, right? How you felt like you were saved, how you felt like you know if you were if you could have easily fallen into you know that type of of relationship, right? And it, it's funny because it's like I'm, I'm 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 replaying that podcast in my head, and in a lot of ways, like I had a trauma bond with my mother, you know, you did, and, and that's what it was because my mother was loving as well, you know, but it was that highs and lows, right? It was always that, you know. So when she's lucid, I remember exactly. Say that I say that all the time. It's like, oh, when she's lucid, she's great, but when she isn't, it's it's horrible. But that was it. That was that addictive, you know, uh, that trauma bond. It was that like the the highs were 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 okay and kept you there, and then the lows were horrible. And it was, it was such a, a trauma bond. Uh, but I think my rad helped me a lot with that situation, right? Yep. So um, so it's funny. It's like everything, we, we say this a, a lot, we, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. But we're not, you know, we're not here if it wasn't a result of everything that's happened, right. you know? It's in a result of us getting together and, you know, again, being so different, but a lot alike as well, that we started to see, okay, I needed to be a little bit softer like you and you needed to be a little bit more, you know, disciplinarian, I guess you call it. It was like funny me. though, because it was like good cop, bad cop for like the longest time, except that you were like the really bad cop. And I was like the really nice cop that was like a head teen drink and like no one saw type thing. You know, it was like we were too drastic in our corners. Yeah. And so I think over the years we've been able to really kind of like, you know, I've realized that, you know, sometimes my kids are going to hate me, you know, and. If they don't hate me at all, then I'm not parenting them enough. You know, and it was that really hard thing of doing that, and especially with my oldest. Like, I hated to know when she was mad at me or she didn't want to talk to me and things like that. But, you know, she needed to find her way and I needed to find mine. And you, you know, it was like, you got to hold your boundaries. And then for you, it was like, okay, well, you know what? I I, I got to be a little bit, I got to listen a little bit more and I got to soften myself around the edges. It was hard. But I think, like you said, that is what saved us is that our kids at some length, you know, we were able to somehow balance it out at one point or another. Yeah. And I'm hoping our listeners, you know, I think we kind of exemplify, like, I don't want to say the extremes of both ends. Cause again, you know, my personality, my way can, can be abusive at, at, you know, at the furthest extent, the same way you're, you're, you know, the way you do it, um, or do you trauma parented is abusive. You know, it might not be, um, like, you know what I'm saying? What you would outwardly say is abusive, but kids, what they need is well, it's emotionally they need structure. stunting. Exactly. You know, and it's emotionally, you know, removing opportunities for them to see things in a way. So it does. It it it, it hurts them. You know, and it's yeah. hard to have to come to these. And this is something. Yeah, this is something we've we've talked about a lot, right? Like the the saying is, you know, that adversity builds character, right? And I've said this to you, right? And that's I gave my kids way too much adversity because I wanted to build so much character in them that, that you was, knew they were going to be okay exactly but it was the wrong way to, to to handle it but and you on the other hand were the complete opposite right you didn't give any adversity and you wanted to coddle protect, and do protect, everything yeah. exactly protect 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 do everything for them 
And uh, thankfully, we found that middle ground. You know, we found the middle where we gave them enough ad- of adversity of their own so they could overcome it and build their own character and protected them enough. You know, so we found that middle ground. That's great. And I, I'm hoping that our listeners kind of, I, and I'm, I'm sure they will, right? They'll, they'll either. They'll identify with one of us. Exactly. And, and, and hopefully you'll understand that there is a middle ground and you have to find that. And you have to parent your kids for what they need and not what you think they need. And not what you needed. Exactly. That's like, what oh, I meant. Like, oh, if only I had this, you know, I'm, so I'm going to give them everything I didn't have. Your kids don't need what you didn't have. Your kids need what exactly. they need. And I think that was my biggest downfall. That was the biggest mistake I ever made was never asking. I think what that's the failure of any need? anybody that trauma parents. That's the biggest failure is you're giving your kids what you needed and not what they need. And that's the important takeaway here. If you can give them what they need, you know, really assess what their environment truly is and give them what they need, not what you needed. But what they need, then you can move away from that, you know, from the trauma parenting. Exactly. So we're going to, um, I think this is a good time to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, I think we're going to talk about the uh, scaffolding parenting or technique that you're really good at. <laughs> that, you, that, that you're <laughs> Why, showing thank me. thank you. So uh, we'll break here and we'll be right back. We want to take a moment to thank our listeners for all their continued support. If you like the show please consider supporting us via Venmo at QAskCourtney. That's the letter Q, Ask Courtney. Any amount is appreciated and will help us to be here with you on your self-improvement journey. You can also reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-H-A-N-Y media.com. Thank you. Now back to our podcast. So before the break, we've been talking about trauma parenting and in particular, the way we've trauma parented, right, from our own experiences. But something that you learned, uh, which is called scaffolding, I think is going to be was great and very instrumental in, in figuring out, you know, our style or how we should be parenting. I think it'd be a great tool to share with all our listeners. So why don't you go ahead? Okay, so scaffolding is a parenting technique that I really, really love. And I've spent a lot of time kind of looking into this. And I wish I read this about 15 years. <laughs> Would have been helpful. Um, so scaffolding is the balance of parenting that we don't hear enough about. When you think of a building that is being built, there's a scaffold that's around it. It, it helps provide the structure necessary as the building grows, it's there. So if the building leans or what have you, it's there for guidance and direction. Parenting needs to be just like that. And that's the problem is that parents dictate too much. Parents do too much. Parents expect their kids and control their kids. They look at their kids like property. They're not. Parents' job is just to guide. That's all the parent is. It's just a navigator. Yep, you're, you're veering off the road up here a little bit. Stay to the right. So guiding is what you want to do. You don't want to tell your kids this is how you need to live your life. You don't, and I'm guilty of that. You don't want to have to say, you're going to do this. If you don't do this, you're going to fail. Our kids need the space to be able to fail with having us around them to scaffold it so that if it gets too hard, we can say, okay, let's pull over here a little bit. But if they don't ever learn how to fail, they will never learn how to succeed on their own. 
And you will find yourself doing more and more and more for them and questioning why your child is doing less and less for themselves. No, I can't agree with you more, right? And I think that's that's what we lacked, right? We lacked that insight into how we are raising our children, right? You you're hovering over them and, and you know, I was kind of, you know, telling them what to do. And it was that, the worst. They were suffocated. Yeah. And we needed to like like you said, it's the scaffolding is just the structure around the building to be able to, uh, you know, again, just guide it as it grows. Mm -hmm. We need to allow our kids to lean a little bit. We can't just hold them up as stiff things. And okay, go to this corner, go do this. Why hover over you? Like that's that is so stifling. Like it's just. It's but it's also you, you're providing them structure, right? Right. That scaffolding is structure. It's just like here's the situation. You know, it's scaffolding should only should really be there. At it's most prominent time when the base is being built. You know, the first seven to eight years of life. Then after that. You know what happens. The, the the building starts to build up and the scaffolding stays there, but it isn't as profound in that child's life. If we're using the analogy of a building, right? So, yeah, uh, the scaffolding eventually gets, you know, put away, right? They, yeah, it gets it, pulled away. It gets pulled away once the building has reached its maturity, right? Or it's, you know, the, the final you know, size that it's going to be. So that it's the same way. And it, and I think it's important to view it that way. And that's, I guess that's why it's called scaffolding, right? Cause yeah, it's that's a good, why it's called, it's the it, scaffolding effect and yeah, it's the best way to parent. Yeah. And it's, it's a great analogy. You know, you think about it, it, it as a building being built, it's important. And again, us as parents, we need to provide the structure, right? So you can't let the kids run wild, right? And let them, cause that's the other, that's the other extreme, right? It's like, you know, there's a lot, there's some people that feel like, okay, we'll just let the kids do whatever the heck they want. And, and then they run the roost. And there's no structure. Exactly. And there's no structure. So it's important to provide a structure, right? To provide guidance as to where this building is going to be erected and, and, and how. So you provide that, right? But you let them generic, um, organically grow as they need to and the, the you know the failures have to be their own failures and their successes will be their own successes and the sooner you do that though the less issues you have down the road so the more responsibility you allow your children to have in their own decisions at a young age like the more say that they have they're going to learn right from wrong a lot quicker it's a lot harder to step away from the scaffold as parents when your kids already um, uh, you know a young adult and yeah, you feel so anxious because you've been holding their hand all this time. So the sooner that you can allow to do that, and I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that, you know, you just let your kid. Unless your kid is going to get hurt badly, sometimes hearts need to be broken. Natural consequences need to be made. Tests need to be failed because they didn't study. You can't go study. You can't force them. They have to see the effects of the decisions that they make. And unfortunately, society plays a huge role in how parents sometimes work with their children because it's like there's these expectations. And I think, you know, scaffolding really just provides this foundation not only for the child, but for the parent as well so that you can kind of take a step back. I think and it's just I think what it is is just a mindset, right? It's understanding what our role as a parent is. And I think you know, unfortunately, we miss that sometimes, right? We miss what our role really is. Um, the kids either become an extension of us and, you know, they're a reflection of us or, you know, it's the other uh, the other side of the, of the coin, right? They're, 
you know, very, you know, there's some parents that are very free spirited now and that's fine, but there, there does need to be some structure. And I think thinking of that as scaffolding, I think is the best way to get your mindset into what it is to really be a parent or be an effective parent. Yes. No, I absolutely a hundred percent agree with that. I think it's really important that we change our mindset and that we ask ourselves like, why do I want to give this advice to my kid? Like, is um, am I trying to push my own agenda onto them? Do Am I trying to encourage them to do something that I want them to do? And so it's really asking yourself the why behind what you're doing. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of awareness. But it can really work out in the long run where you don't have children who resent you. <laughs> you know, kids who, you know, and you don't have to look back and be like, man, I really messed that up. And sometimes we're all going to do that. But the sooner we can kind of get a grip on this whole parenting stuff and the scaffolding stuff, the quicker we can, you know, right some wrongs and try to make things better moving forward. Yeah. You know, you got to allow them to be individuals, you know, so you have to allow them, like we said, you have to allow them the, their mistakes and their successes. And again, structure is important. Providing that structure, providing, you know, you know, like you said, like na- there are natural consequences in life and uh, and not protecting them from those natural consequences is part of it, you know, and it's funny because we were talking about this with our oldest some some time ago about, you know, the same thing. It's just like we had to allow her to make, you know, because she's hard-headed like me, right? She had to make her own mistakes to understand, okay, you know, now, now she gets it, right? Now, you know, after, now that she's a, a lot older, she can recognize and realize, okay, Mom and dad just wanted the best for me and there's no ill feelings, thank goodness, right, of, of, of everything that happened. But she's, um, you know, she's realizing that, that hey, I know they wanted the best for me, but I can understand that, you know, they also trauma parented me in, in a lot of ways. And that all has to do, like I said, communication, awareness, being aware of how you're parenting, being aware of what your kids' needs are realistically, I think that all plays a part. And I think what's important is is that take the time now, since you've listened to this podcast, if you're like, ah, oh, shit, like if you listen to this and say, that's it, take that time to sit down with your kids. It doesn't matter how old they are. Accept responsibility for where you could have been better. Like, hey, guys, I suck. I am sorry. I'm sorry that I do X, Y, and Z. And I want to work better. I, I want to, you know, make amends with this and be better. You know, what is it that you guys need? Because parenting, like you said, does not come with a manual. We're all growing up. It doesn't matter if you have kids when you're 19 or when you're 35. We're all growing. We're all learning. There's not one perfect parent in this world that has not provided adversity or trauma to their kids ever. But that doesn't mean that we don't strive to be better. So just taking an opportunity to sit down with your children and acknowledge where you could have went better and what's your plan to move forward Anything that is unresolved will slowly become resolved and your children can see in you as just you being a person and that you too are learning to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah, and that's the key, right? Because at the end of the day, you have to break that cycle because your kids are going to grow up and and emulate what they saw because like you said, there is no manual for this thing, right? Nope. There's no how-to. So we all learn how to be parents from our parents, and unfortunately, we all learn how to be parents from, unfortunately, sometimes hurting our kids in the process. 
but it's that being aware. It's that being aware of, you know, these these were my mistakes. And as the kids get older, of course, you can like like I've had to, right? Like we've had to sometimes say, you know what, we we messed up, right? We we didn't do that the right way. And those are the lessons that hopefully they'll carry over and become better if, parents. Yeah, if than anything, we were. yeah, if anything, just to be able to accept responsibility quicker and make mis- and, you know not make the mistakes as, as long as we have, you know, that's progress. So that's what we strive. And that's for, what we can all strive for. Exactly, just progress. That's what you know, self improvement is. Right, it's a journey, and it's it's never a destination. It's always just continuing to improve and seeing where you can be the best version of yourself for yourself and for you know your kids. And for this world. Yeah, no. I don't think I could have said it better. I think that really was, for me, I thought this was a, this was a really great podcast because it was like, it's like one of those meetings you go and be like, hi, my name's Courtney. I've trauma parented. Um, Thankfully, my kids still love me and I am on the path to being a better parent. Thank you. I'm happy to be here today. That's how it felt for me. Like it felt really good to just be open and honest with some struggles and hopefully find a way to help other people just start their healing journey as parents a lot sooner. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So we'll end it here. And as usual, guys, uh, great, great suggestions for podcasts. Keep them coming. And uh, hopefully we'll get more and we'll keep keep at it. So, guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at Ask.Courtney, on Instagram at AskCourtney underscore, and on YouTube at AskCourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys, so make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together, so stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.